Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. I love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? I wish I could love Him more. And so let's try to get some help this morning. The title of this message is, We Don't Conclude God, We Start With God. That's our starting point. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. I want to draw your attention on these four, uh, three or four verses of Scripture, the word declare. We are, as Christians, duty-bound to declare the truth of God. It must be declared. We start with the declaration of God's truth for all men and for all women. Well, I don't want to talk about that. I'd rather just declare and then just fill in the blank. Well, look, that's fine. We do those things. We talk about other issues. But at the expense of declaring the truth of God, that's where we get unbalanced as well, dare I say, as churchianity is force-fed to us in America. Verse number two, but which also you're saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. First of all, for I delivered unto you, first of all, and here's the gospel, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, According to the scriptures, and he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And then it goes on. We must declare the gospel. I am amazed at how many things people know. The youth in America knows more about Santa Claus, who isn't real, the Easter Bunny, who isn't real, sports heroes that could care less of who they are and live an ungodly life, by the way, most of them, not all of them. And yet you say, can you just give me one of the commands, one of the 10 commands? What's that? We have gotten to a point in our nation where people to gather together on Sunday mornings in big buildings, multi-million dollar buildings and you might get a few verses on a, on, a, on, a, on a screen, but by and large, people aren't talking about spiritual things. It's when is this over so I can get to the ball game? I don't want to be that. I don't want to be there. Declare God's truth. We start with that. Romans chapter 3, having to give them enough evidence to believe God. I love all the evidential writers. Um, I'm thinking of a few in my head right now. You know, they, they give you evidence for a creator. They give you evidence that Jesus Christ was a real man. And, and, and I love those authors. I got books that I've read and, and have in my library that buy those authors. So evidentialism, I, I, it's great. Don't have anything. I'm not, this isn't a message against that. It's just that when you allow a lost person to put you on trial, and by the way, they at the same time, guess who else they put on trial? God. We need to be real careful because 
I want to answer people's questions. I don't have all the answers. I think what I preach is right. Well, I know this is right. But look, everything I say can't be taken as God. Everything you say can't be taken as God. But his word should be. And that is what will convict somebody. So rather than ping-ponging, well, what do you think about? And what's your stance on evolution? And what's your... Don't allow them to put God on trial. Declare God's truth. All have sinned. Do you agree with God? Well, I don't think. I didn't ask you what you think. Do you agree with God? Do you agree with God? Being justified freely by his grace through redemption is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation for faith in his blood. Here it is. To declare his righteousness through the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. That he might be just, we're not just. And the justifier, we need to be justified before God by faith in Jesus Christ. Of him which believeth in Jesus. What must else we declare? Number one, we said the gospel. Number two, his righteousness. Except most Christians today live unrighteously. Really could care less about godliness, holiness, purity. Because those words come from a mean man who's bigoted and hateful and he's outdated and he should be silenced because he's the real enemy. You don't believe me? Walk into one of these mega churches. You don't believe me? Turn on TBN. You don't believe me? Turn on the radio and just start sifting through. People need to be compelled by God's word. Declare the gospel and declare his righteousness. And you compare yourself to God's righteousness. That'll humble each and every one of us. Okay, we need to get back to Psalms and move. Along Psalm 19. We don't conclude God. We start with God. We declare his gospel. We declare his righteousness. And look at Psalm 19, verse number one. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. People say, I don't believe in God. Look up. Creation. It'll just declare the righteousness of God. Psalm 22. One more on declaring. Psalm 22, verse 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. Will I praise thee? Well, I know in the context, it's the nation of Israel. We can make some application here and say, who are we declaring when we come together? Well, my family thinks this. Well, my family thinks that. Well, my opinion is this. Well, my opinion is that. Well, my standard is this. Well, my standard is that. Well, my conviction is this. Well, my conviction is that. Good night. We'll never agree on everything. I, 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 I'm telling you, on one side of the spectrum, we got these mega church preachers that have done more to destroy the cause of Christ than lost people have. 
And on the other side, we have Christians that are so self-righteous, they can't fellowship with any of the brethren. It becomes an impossible task. We must bind together as brothers and sisters and come in here and declare God's word. Someone says, well, I see a passage in Ezekiel different than you. I see the gap fact of the gap theory different than you. I see Christmas and, and Ishtar, I mean Easter and, and Halloween or Halloween different than you. Why do we need to fight on each and every doctrine and divide over that? And we can never come together conclusively and do anything great for Christ. We got to get past that at some point. We have to get past that. And as, a, as brothers and sisters come to Together and declare the truth of God. Let's start with God. You can start off when you're witnessing to somebody. One of the things I'll do sometimes, and I'm sure you've done this as well, if you spend any amount of time with lost people, is you can just ask them, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Most people will say yes, because they have a standard of goodness in their own head. Proverbs chapter 20, have them read verse number six, unless they get held up at verse one, <laughs> then, you, then you can have fun, but uh, let them read verse number six. The Bible says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Every single person, myself included, you included, before we came to trust Jesus Christ, we proclaimed our own goodness and it's easy for me to look back and say well i'm just not as bad as the people nowadays be careful we need to be real careful because i was just as lost even though i wasn't taking heroin and sticking it into my veins as the guy that was dare i say you were just as lost as the vilest and wickedest of sinners that you've come across in your life. I didn't grow up in a Muslim home, but I heard a testimony of a man that did. He got saved. They tried to kill him 12 times. His body and his face is marred because someone of that faith that was a friend of his threw acid on his face. So now he has to wear protective glasses the man that threw the acid on that man. Before I trusted Christ, I was just as lost as he was. And I was heading to the same hell as he was. We measure and compare ourselves with one another. We need to be careful of that. Every single person you start with, whether you knock on a door, whether you're going to bring a stick of butter to a neighbor who does that anymore, <laughs> whether you're going to be talking to somebody on, on tech campus, whether you run into a workmate, at lunch and you got some time to talk and you're going to talk to them about the Lord. Know this. They will proclaim that they are righteous and that they're good. And you got to bring them back to God's truth. Nowadays, people seem certain about a lot of things. The Bible says in first Timothy six, verse seven, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't like things. 
I don't want to walk to church. I want to have a thing drive me. <laughs> um, I don't want to sleep on a dirt floor. I want to have a thing to lay on. <laughs> Mattress. It's nice to think about, oh, it's real, real hot. We'll just, the air conditioning is broke. We'll just preach on hell. And it's nice to, you know, isn't it nice to laugh about that and think about that? But then two minutes into it, you know, the kids are whining and, you know, what's for lunch? And I need something to drink and I'm hot and it's too long. And so I want, I like things, you know, like air conditioning. It'd be nice to just take out the pews and just put some wooden benches like these prayer benches that, you know, nowadays nobody wants to use because why pray? We can just go home and look at our phones and soothe ourselves that way. Insert sarcasm. We have things, padded backs, padded seats. So I want things, you want things. But none of those things we can take with us. You've heard me say this before. Can anybody explain to me why? I like going to these old, um, you know how they preserve old historical homes or villages? And when you travel around, you get to see these things. I like going into them because it is always amazing to me how small the homes are. And then they say, yeah, it was a family of six. It was a family of nine. It was a family of 11. It was a family of 15. And I'm thinking to myself, I'd go hang myself on a tree if I had to live like that. Why? Because we're spoiled Americans. But here's the other thought I have on it. Why is it now that the houses are bigger? Families have less kids and they're more unhappy. Is anybody happy anymore? Yeah. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Sister Myra, praise God. Praise God. Look, you know, everybody gets into their little world, which is held in the palm of their hand. Interesting, isn't it? And they can just keep scrolling. And they can get everything on their feed that agrees with them. And as soon as they come out of that world, they're just miserable. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Why are we living for temporal things? Now, I didn't say, why do we have temporal things? I'm not saying get rid of your car, get rid of your air conditioning. Get rid I'm not saying any of that. What I'm submitting to you and myself is, why don't we have more of an eternal perspective if we as parents don't get that right if we as grandparents don't get that right do you really think lest a miracle of god happens in our children's lives when they're adults you think they're going to change course you think the young people of this church are going to change course if it's just a pep talk and Enough potlucks to keep everybody's bellies filled. Well, oh, Jimmy, you're just mean. You're just too, what are you against everything? No, I'm just for everything that's about God. And if we want our young people to get serious about Jesus Christ and living for him and declaring him and not proclaiming their own goodness, we better make certain. We better make certain. We live with an eternal perspective. Galatians 1. Galatians chapter number one, verse number 13. 
For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. This is the Apostle Paul speaking under Holy Spirit inspiration. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not the flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them, which were apostles before me went to Arabia and returned unto Damascus. We must See, here's my, I guess my problem. Maybe it's not a problem. If we have a sit comfortably, feel good church, and I do something to stir up your emotions and make you really, really excited, I'm not against emotions, I'm not against excitement, by the way. But if I do that, and I just make it a, a really nice snuggle club, <laughs> And then everybody can get to go home and feel good and go back to their lives. I feel inadequate. I feel like I have not done my Savior the duty that I owe to him. I don't feel I've done my reasonable service. So when I have to, when a preacher, by the way, any of the men that preach in the pulpit are going to give you God's word. And it pricks and it prods and it causes you to feel uncomfortable and convicted. And this isn't a just sit and feel good, happy, slappy church. People tend to not want to come. And I guess I have to be okay with that. I want me, I want you to go out of these four walls and stand on the street corner and hold a sign. I want you to wear a t-shirt that says Jesus saves. I want you to knock on your neighbor's door and say, you know, it's been a while since we talked. Can we grab some tea? And you mind if I bring my Bible? Can we talk about Jesus? I want you to find a workmate during your break on lunch and talk to him about the Lord and do a five-minute Bible study with him. When you check out at Walmart or you eat at a, a restaurant, I want you to leave a little track there with a tip that says the gospel. These things are uncomfortable to do. But we talk to the heathen about a lot of things. How come? How come we don't take the same attitude when it comes to spiritual things, knowing that they're going to live forever? Well, they just don't get it. Oh, well, that's a good excuse. Like you always got it. Let's go over to Romans. Romans chapter one. Some people get so spiritual, they forget how unspiritual they actually were. Romans chapter one, verse 22. Romans 1, 22. Let's start at 21, because that when they knew God. We don't conclude God. We start with God. They knew him. 
they glorified him not as God. People say, I don't believe in God. You do. You believe in God. Stop it. You just don't want to glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful. Everybody looks at all these physical things going around in the world, yet nobody looks at the spiritual heart condition of mankind and says, man is just so unthankful. But became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. They make a profession of wisdom. And as they do that, they just become fools. Back up to verse 18. Look at this. Well, before you do that, I would just want you to tie in verse 21. Look what it says in verse 20, 21. When they knew God, everybody knows God has given mankind enough light to know who he is and that there is a God. I didn't say everybody has a Bible and they didn't say any of that. I said, no, no, no God. And they can look up. Heaven declares glory. But look at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Right here in their hand. They're holding it. They get it. They know God. They know there is a God. They know they're created by a God. But they hold it in unrighteousness. And it's up to us to declare who the righteous one is. To declare who the just one is. And do not allow them to side step it. And do not allow them to rabbit trail you down a hole that's so far removed from the gospel that they don't have to think about. You must compel them to think about things that they otherwise would not think about because they hold it in unrighteousness. That's how they hold the truth. It's not that they can't get it. They don't want it. All right, everybody okay? I hope you're okay. If you are, say amen. Amen, amen. Let's go to Jude. Verse number three. Jude, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should, here it is, earnestly, Contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Please don't call again. <laughs> I am sorry about that. I did not silence my cell phone. Acts chapter 9. I thought I did. Acts chapter 9, verse number 31. You try to do something for the Lord and everybody finds you, uh, your, your website on the internet and then they call you and they want to help you try to market your church. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, just go out and try to, to, to do it and you'll find much the same. Um, 
So I tell them, I got a few one-liners that I give them. One of them is, they say, how do you plan to grow your church? I say, well, um, helping people fear God. <laughs> Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then, Acts 9, 31, had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. How do we grow our churches? We fear God. How does the Lord grow his church? When his people fear him, when his people are edified, when his people are comforted by the Holy Ghost, we see this pattern, then they were multiplied. They were multiplied. Does anybody fear God anymore? I trust all of us this morning do. So it's not, I'm asking this to you necessarily, but as a nation, but as a culture, do people fear God? Talk to somebody about the Lord this week. And you got to run around. They're like afraid of you. They're trying to avoid you. That's not the fear of God we're talking about. It's this reverence of the Lord that our culture and our nation seems to have gotten away from. Must, must, must bring this back in our own lives, in our own church house. Amongst ourselves as brothers and sisters, the Lord. Deception. Let's go back to Proverbs and let's grab. Uh, let's grab uh, chapter 24, Proverbs chapter 24, verse number 28. The Bible says, be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause and deceive not with thy lips. There's a lot of deception that goes around in this world. And this is why I think that uh, this is what we're up against. It's so much harder nowadays as Christians because of the deception that's around us. Bible says in Jeremiah 9, and they will deceive everyone his neighbor and will not speak the truth. Jeremiah 37, the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, deceive not yourselves. In Matthew 24, it talks about uh, letting no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. They shall deceive many. Many false prophets shall arrive and shall deceive many. There's going to come a time period where the church is going to be called out. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to be called out. Then at some point after that, whether it's immediately following or a little bit following, they're going to enter into the prophetic fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week. And do you know why people are going to be deceived so easily? There's no Christian witnesses. Now, we're not going to go. We're not preaching on this this morning, but deception now is nothing like it, like it will turn into. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, let no man deceive himself. We need to be careful that we don't deceive our own hearts. 1 John 1, 8 says, if we, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Go back to Psalms, Psalm 39. Here's the state of man. Psalm 39, look at verse number five. The Bible says, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, 
That's a space equal to the breadth of the hand. That's the palm. And mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man in his best state is altogether vanity. Every single one of us, every tough guy out there, the muscles aren't going to be that way forever. Everything we see, all the things we have, it's vain. Every man in his best state is altogether vanity. Let's do one more on that. Philippians. Philippians chapter number four. Verse number 11. The Bible says, Philippians 4.11. Now that I speak in respect of one. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am. Therewith to be content. Man, that'll preach all day. That'll preach all week. That'll preach all month. That'll preach all year. Why? Because we're so discontented. Here's how people deal with discontentment nowadays. It's held in the hand breath. <laughs> in the palm of their hand. They just keep it swollen. Keep it swollen. Five hours went by. What did you do for eternal value? Nothing. They, they feel good. Feel good. They can escape. They got their own little world where they can find a little bit content. As soon as they get off of it, they find out they're not content anymore. Because they can't afford what they saw on the on the ad. And this person that they saw in the video has something they want. And somebody else showed them something that they don't have, never thought about, but now they have, so they want that. <laughs> it just keeps going on and on. Okay. We don't conclude God. We start with God. God owes us no evidence. Presuppose is... That's what people do. They bring presuppositions to arguments and they evaluate things based on what they already believe. Suppose is to imagine, to believe, to receive is true. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The Bible says in Proverbs 3.19, the Lord by wisdom has found the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. In order to close, I want to say this. If you and I were to know anything at all, we would have to know everything. Unless we get a revelation from someone who does know everything. And that would be God. You ask the college student, do you know everything? No, then you can't know anything. Why not? Because something you do believe might contradict something you don't. And something you don't believe might contradict something you do. So you got to know, you have to have all knowledge or you can't have any knowledge. Unless... There's a God in heaven that can reveal things to me in such a way and can reveal things to you in such a way that you can know them for certain. People cannot know anything without God. It starts with God. Don't neglect your duty as a Christian. Don't neglect your duty as a parent. Don't neglect your duty as a spouse. Don't neglect your duty as a church member. You don't neglect your job. You don't neglect your sports. You don't neglect your hobbies. You don't neglect brushing your teeth. You don't neglect feeding yourself. Let's not neglect God. People not, must know he's the righteous one. Isaiah 118 says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. What's the foundation for every man's ability to reason? It's God. It's God. And lastly, we'll read one passage of scripture and then we will close. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter number two. And then I've said plenty. 
You want to serve the Lord? I do. You want to be a good witness for him? I do. Second Timothy chapter two, verse number 25, the Bible says, start at 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. All men. Apt to teach, patient, and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them, key word here, repentance, repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.